obsessed. Obsessed with pleasure. Harm. this idea of, of writing some trombone quartets because he was tired of hearing me complain about the limited literature and especially in the style of, of quote jazz or something non-classical and how you know you either had to have some really great players with a really good rhythm section or you just really couldn't do anything in that style so he ended up writing oh five or six composing five or six trombone quartets for just trombone quartet without rhythm section. And uh, I was able on the road to, to work on these with him. He would write a melody and play, I'd play along with him and he'd play it on piano, which by the way, I think in the program he was supposed to be here today, but he can't, can't get here until tomorrow evening. So if you come to the faculty recital, you hear some of this, just the early workings of it, just the melody with piano. And then he ended up arranging it for trombone quartet, and I premiered it on a recital uh, over in uh, Florida, and uh, it was great. It was very well received, and it was very unique, and the trombonists that attended that recital, some of them were my students and some were pros in town, were very intrigued by it for the most part. So just like the music of rhythm and brass, which is, you know, David Gluck is mostly responsible for, either by his arrangements or his writing, his compositions, it's very hard to pinpoint what style uh, his music is in. So anyways, to try to, to move forward and to, to what I want to share with you, and then I'll take some questions and we'll get into maybe some nitty-gritty trombone playing things. But Dave decided he wanted to record this music, uh, but he didn't necessarily want it to be just a straight-ahead trombone quartet recording. In other words, what he has up at SUNY Purchase is a... Uh, is access to a studio, and, uh, and he still uses this person, in fact, this great student slash engineer, although he's graduated now. But really, uh, this guy's a classical pianist and also a brass player and uh, a great musician, but also was very good with Pro Tools and with a soundboard. So we had him for free, and we had the studio for free, and Dave teaches up there, so he wanted me to come up and record these trombone quartets by myself somehow, and, uh, and then he wanted to go in and do his thing with it. You know, in other words, add instruments, add sounds, you know, this is his music and uh, more or less his project. So I was only able to figure out schedule-wise to get up there for three days and to record a, a CD's worth of music. So I just want to tell you kind of how it went because I learned a heck of a lot in this project.
and roll, blues, bossa nova, Latin. That was basically, he, he, he covered all those things. You know, so what, else, what other styles are there? I mean, I know that there's world music and we could go on and on and on about that. Um, I don't ever think about it, you know? Uh, the bottom line is, I don't claim to be a master of all of those styles. Like, I'm sure if I sat in a hardcore Puerto Rican Willie Colon salsa band, I would put rhythms in the wrong place, for instance. I've sat in with hardcore Memphis blues bands and tried my best to sound only like a Memphis blues trombone player. And uh, I remember the night that I did that one time in, in, in Memphis, and I did it, and after, during the break, the guy said, you a jazz man, ain't you? And I said, oh, man. That I was trying so hard to just play blues and make you guys say, no, 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 man, your tone's too good and you play in tune. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe that's a fault if you're a classically trained trombonist. I, I, I always act as, as if it's an advantage because as a classical trombonist, I mean, you know, really most people do want to hear something that's in tune. Although sometimes, you know, if you want to color a note and play it flat or whatever, then, then you'll do that. But what the bottom line is, the better you can play this instrument, in my opinion, uh, the more you're going to have to offer. Unless you're some sort of freakish player like a Bill Watrous or like Carl Fontana was and those, or John Fitchock and they play on the mic and, and they do their thing and we all sit back and go, dang, I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I can't do that anyway, so, so you know, I try to have fun. Luckily, I, I like lots of different types of music, so I try to uh, cover all of those bases, bases and, and it's been extremely beneficial for me to get work, to have people all from, from orchestral players to jazz players to seem to want to play with me, you know, and for me to want to play with them. And sometimes it's a bit nerve-wracking, but, you know, the orchestral players often look to me, especially if we're doing something that's quasi-jazz or something uh, in, in that orientation. And then the jazz guys will look to me if, uh, if we're doing especially a lot of contemporary jazz band writing in big bands, Maria Schneider stuff and things like that that are very orchestral in nature to do that.
obviously I was going to have to overdub all of these parts. And uh, what we wanted to do was start with just the trombone quartet without him adding any sort of rhythm section because he wasn't sure he, what he was going to do. So we had no click track, no, no uh, rhythm track or anything like that for me to play along with. So I practiced and practiced and practiced all summer long. We were doing this in August and uh, thought, you know what, I want to go for it. I want to go in and see if it's possible to overdub all of these parts with no click track. So the other part was, is, you know, I play tenor trombone. I have a bass trombone and it's a great instrument and I love the bass trombone and I use it in lessons to help with the younger guys, especially on bass trombone and know how it operates, but I don't play it every single day. Well, all of a sudden I was gonna have to play these bass trombone parts. And Dave more or less wrote them. He was used to writing for brass quintet, so he wrote these bass trombone parts like they were tuba parts, right? So <clears throat> you can imagine the angst that I had, but it was a great, great thing. So I wanted to start I knew I had a plan in my head. I wanted to start recording these with the bass trombone part. Because playing in an ensemble, to me, you listen to the bottom. If, if you're in a trombone quartet and you don't have a strong bass trombone player, you might be in trouble. Because that bass trombone part is so important. I mean, that's, if, it's, if there's no rhythm section, that person is being the bass player, the harmonic progression, if, especially if you're doing jazz stuff, but for classical things as well. And uh, so their time, their pitch, all of that stuff just has to be so rock solid so that the tenor players can just float on top of that, you know. So I gave it my best shot and laid down the, the bass trombone thing. We got one tune down. I can't remember which one we started with. And then I tried to add the uh, lead part. I kind of wanted to do the lead, the bass, and then do the third and the second parts that way. So without a click track, right? we realized pretty quickly that just wasn't going to work. As good as I think my time is, it just didn't work. But we knew we didn't want to really use a click track because for one thing, Dave's music floats in and out of different time things and it was going to take a while to try to program that. And Dave's music cannot be played rigidly. It has to be, it's very organic and that's what he wants. So it was cool for me in that he was there the whole time and I, you know, he was going to come in and tell me what, if, if he didn't like whatever I was playing. But I knew he didn't want it to be rigid at all, you know. And I was going to have a lot of trouble doing that with a click track, you know, uh, and, and especially, again, programming. So here's what we did. And it ended up working out beautifully. So for any of you that might think about doing some project on your own, I recommend this. Dave got a, a wood block. We set up music stands with all of the parts, or as much as we could. And I basically, we, we, he started off the tempos he wanted, and then I just kind of sang it and also tapped along with him and became kind of a, a rhythm, human click track, if you will. You know, We still weren't sure whether this was going to work. But lo and behold, it did, man, and it worked just beautifully. I was so comfortable for those three days. So in the three days, in fact, we did it in like really two and a half days, recorded, uh, let's see, I think nine trombone quartets playing all the parts and uh, the chop gods, the music gods or whatever were with me and I felt great that whole time even in this little dead studio and uh, we just kind of did it.
big things that I learned both in preparing for this project about playing in a trombone quartet. We, we talk about this when we learn orchestral excerpts. If you go to a master class from an orchestral player talking about preparing for an audition and they say, well, you got to study the score, you got to know what's going around, you got to know all of the parts in the section, you just have to know this piece and that composer in and out. And I don't know about you, but my history of trombone quartet playing, for one, there usually isn't a whole lot of time for rehearsal. You oftentimes just sit down and read the parts, and then you might prepare a recital and you rehearse as much as you can, but you pretty much, you know, I have to admit, I would just pretty much learn my part. And I did my best to be a great chamber musician and listen across in the rehearsals and, and use all of those techniques that we learned playing in other chamber ensembles as well as large ensembles. But what was really cool about this project is I, you know, obviously I had to learn every single part, you know. And, and then I had to, on the spot in the studio, go back and forth. Luckily, obviously, things went well and I got it done. But, you know, um, I thought to myself, wow, just think if I could get my students or a trombone quartet that, that I play in to sit down and take the time to learn each part and, uh, and also to record along with yourself. You know, how many of you have ever done that? I know that Joe Alessi recommends that in the Arbenz book with duets, you know. It's a pretty, pretty interesting thing, you know. For one thing, you have to hear yourself. If you're like most people, you don't really like to hear yourself very often. But then you have to play, you know, and it's really a great, great tool. But how many of you have done, you've, you've done duets, I'm assuming, right? How many of you have done trios with yourself? Quartets? Cool. So some of you have experienced this, you know? How many of you have done what I did and recorded it and put it out there for everybody to listen to? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Gotcha! All right, I knew I was going to get you somehow. Well, you know, uh, luckily I have some filters on the recording with all of the, but if, if you come talk to me, maybe I'll send you the version with just me. It's, it's interesting to hear.
Just for fun, one of our, one of my musical heroes, uh, was a guitar player. Actually, a guy by the name of Stevie Ray Vaughan, a blues player. And so, what we did at the end, and we, again, we weren't sure it was going to work. I played along with Stevie Ray Vaughan on his tune or composition, "Cold Shot," and just kind of on the spot came up with the parts. And and then Dave ended up adding various and sundry things to the recording. So. If you go out and get the recording or you listen to it, um, you're going to say, well, I thought this was supposed to be trombone quartets because we ended up adding tuba for some of the bass trombone things that I had trouble with and, uh, and uh, uh, ended up adding vocals. He has uh, optional vocal parts. And by the way, uh, we added the vocalist. He originally intended a vocalist on, on a couple of the tunes. Uh, and again, we all know that the trombone is the closest thing to the human voice, right? And, uh, and, and it, the singer that he used on the recording just blends beautifully with the trombone sound. And uh, we were really, really happy, happy with it. And so how do you categorize it? I have non-music people listen to it, trombonists, everybody and their brother listen to it, and I try to ask them, what, where, would you, where would you put that? And most of the time they might say jazz, especially if it's a, a non you know, musician or whatever, just a listener. But it really is difficult to, to, to coin. <laughs> 